Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Again, has to be careful of the speed. What a comeback season for Hal Sutton. Come right back toward the hole. Seventeen years later, Hal Sutton is the Players' Champion. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Be The Right Club Today podcast. This one's an exciting one for us and a very special one because we have our first student on the podcast, Miss Gerlene Kaur. Uh, Hal and I have worked, worked with her for the last five years, and uh, it's also special because we're coming to you, uh, Gerlene and I are coming to you live from the Women's U.S. Open out here in San Francisco. Gerlene, welcome to the podcast. This is going to be an Thanks. exciting week. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Hal, for having me this week. I'm so excited. And honored to be the first student. <laughs> well, you deserve that, Gerling. You played so well and continued to progress. And it finds you at the Ladies U.S. Open at the Olympic Club, one of the, the pillars of great golf courses in the United States. How are you finding it? What do you think of it now that you're out there? Uh, beyond expectation, you know, I didn't qualify last year for the ones at Champions and you know, I think it's a better experience for me to actually come out here and play a golf course that I've never been to before. And um, it exceeded all expectations. Like it's in pristine condition. The rough is, you know, up to my ankles. <laughs> um, uh, the, the greens are rolling great. Um, just hoping for the best this week. And I know like a lot of people have said that like the course is really tough, but I think it's a USGA event and it's supposed to be tough. So. That's a great attitude to start with right there. And here's something that I'll add to that. Somebody is going to win this week, regardless of how tough it is. So never fall victim to feeling sorry for yourself because it's tough. Embrace it and fight the challenge. Yep. How it's so funny you said that. I think it was Paula Creamer's caddy said to, said to us this week, she said that there was going to be five five girls that own that figure out this golf course and that the rest of the field is going to be like, what the heck? Like, how did, I, how did they even play or how, how are I, how was I supposed to even play this golf course? That's, that's exactly what you're echoing. Somebody's going to win. Somebody, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be a handful of girls that play really well and are in contention and, you know, they, they accepted the challenge. Well, girling, every one of you that go there have the talent. So mindset's going to make the difference. And you yep. can start right now with your mindset of I'm going to fight and I'm going to accept what happens and I'm going to move on and don't get tied up thinking about one shot or one hole. You know, you've got a journey there that you're embarking on. It's a new one for you. And I know you're yep. excited. We don't want to hear from me. We want to hear from you. So what do you yeah, think? Um, yeah. I mean, of course, the goal is to make the cut, but 
my dad and I have also said like an amateur can win, you know, like it hasn't happened before, but an amateur could always win and to go into every tournament with a winning mindset and, um, you know, just play my game. And, you know, this is my first time, like really playing with uh, a group of professionals. Like I played with my friend, like a couple of friends I have on tour before, but like, this is the first time in like, um, an LPGA setting that I played with, um, you know, LPGA players and realizing, you know, I hit the ball just as far as them. Um, I'm just as, uh, competitive and my game is there. And I feel like I have a great opportunity to do well and show that, you know, I belong on tour and, um, I'm ready for the next step. Drilling, talk a little bit about, and, and how I'd like your take on this too, um, the difference between an event like this and a um, just a regular college event for you or another another amateur event. You've played in a bunch of USAMs. You played at the at the Women's Augusta event. Um, so you've played in tough events like like this, but not quite to this maybe extreme. Um, how are you trying to get mentally prepared for for an event like this for for this week? Um, I think really just going like trying to play with, you know, I want, of course I want to play well, but at the same time, like no expectations about like, you know, what I'm going to shoot or what I expect, you know, obviously I'm not going to hit 18, uh, 14 fairways and 18 greens uh, every single round and just being mentally prepared that like, yeah, I'm going to miss it in the rough. Yeah. I'm going to miss a green. I may end up in a spot that I don't like, but there are plenty of holes on the golf course and have to keep going. And um, hoping to start off strong, you know, with the par five. And then we have one par five on the front nine, the first hole, and then you don't see a par five again until 16. So I think if I'm starting on one, I really have to, you know, take advantage of the opportunities. And, um, you know, it's the difference I feel like is everyone out here is just so good. Like everyone is competitive, strong, you know, they have a place here and, you know, even the amateurs, um, you know, are mostly within the top 100 that have qualified in uh, world amateur rankings and stuff. So um, I, I don't really feel like nervous about, you know, starting uh, the tournament more so excited, but um, just reminding myself that, hey, like, just take it one step at a time. And, you know, you have to hopefully Sunday to uh, keep playing good. And yeah, I mean, the U.S. amateur, I feel like is a whole different tournament because that's match play. Um you know, your goal, the only goal is to make it the top 64. And then from there, it's just one person at a time to get to the top. You know, you try to 64, 32, around a 16 and quarter semis and go on from there. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a tournament like I've never played before. Even the Augusta tournament was different. Like, you know, you, you have two different golf courses that you're trying to battle out on uh, Champions Retreat and then uh, Augusta National. But here we're only playing uh, the lakes course um, at Olympic Club, so only one golf golf course to battle, and I think that's great. You know, I know um, before, like you, like at the U.S. Amateur or the U.S. Um, Men's Open, like the two different golf courses, but we are only playing one. So, so growing up, been a long time, but I played several USGA events at the Olympic Club. Uh, Olympic club much older than I am. <laughs> uh, I've realized a few things that maybe our listeners don't realize. The weather is always a factor out there. 
uh, as of yesterday, I heard that it was foggy in the morning and the wind was blowing and it's a lot of moisture in the air. So, uh, that's one question I want you to talk about. And the second question is working the ball at, uh, the Olympic club, the fourth hole in particular, I remember how difficult that hole was to hit the fairway. One of the great players of all time, Ben Hogan said it was the hardest driving hole he'd ever seen. So why don't you talk a little bit about both those things? Yeah. Um, my tea time yesterday was at nine and we are, I'm staying on the other side of the peninsula and we drove 15 minutes. Um, for the fog to already be over the golf course. And I thought there might've been a delay just because it was actually kind of misting at the same time. And then we ate breakfast and we got it to the range and it was blowing 25 miles per hour with fog. Couldn't see the ball really 55 degrees. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, Billing, you're, then, uh, you're, you're worthless. Caddy wanted to quit right then. Right then I'm, out. I'm out. See ya. I'm gone. Going to the clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and then but we got down to the uh the other side um, of the clubhouse and it had calmed down a little bit but, and then by the time we had finished nine it turned out to be a great day but you know I'm playing at seven o'clock um tomorrow so who knows about the fog maybe I have the same conditions that I did um yesterday um today I'm playing at 1 30 and then Friday I'm playing at 12 30 so kind of similar conditions but who knows what what the fog could do um I played in the U.S. girls um, at Poppy Hills and every day we had a six hour delay because of the fog. So this tournament kind of reminded me of that, but it's really unexpected. And but I hope, you know, we have good conditions tomorrow, but you never know. And then um, about ball shape, like ball shaping. Um, yeah, number four sticks out to me. I think number one also um, just because it's such a swiping dog like right that you have to keep it. Um, baby cut off off the left side actually because if you get to right you can catch that slope and then go down um into the rough and uh, driver up the left side and then uh, I also think about number four as well um Chase and I actually went to the range afterwards and we just practiced hitting hooks like just swiping hooks to the left and you know the wind always comes off the left side which makes it even harder to keep the ball in the fairway because it the whole um there's six holes that, you know, the, it's a dogleg left, but the fairway is all sloping to the right or it's a dogleg right and the fairway is all sloping to the left. So it kind of throws you off. Um, so, yeah, we went to the range and just practiced three wood off the tee, um, swiping hooks. Um, uh, we, then we practiced with driver as well, just big hooks around the trees and trying to fight the wind as well. Um, instead of playing with the wind because it's so, so strong out here and it's colder. You know, I'm coming from uh, 100 degrees in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I where we played nationals and my ball was going 15 yards farther than it is out here. So that was definitely something also to consider the moisture in the air, um, how far the ball is going and the wind. So all of those things combined. And I also think about um, number 14, uh, the before the par three, that one also you have to hit a little baby draw off the left side. And then number uh, 16 as well and 17, um, 16 and 17, I think are hard driving holes just because the wind plays a big effect into it. And I think every day, like my alignment off the tee will change too, depending on the wind. And 17 was also a hole that we thought we would need to hit like a big, um, even a pull driver um, 
to fight the wind just because that fairway is like kind of like number four. Everything just sways to the right. So what do you think of 18? Uh, I like 18. I didn't um I didn't think like the green the green was um that difficult yet, but it, it's the green have they haven't firmed up as much I think they will. I think it'll get really tough Saturday, Sunday, whenever they get firmer. I hit through it off the tee just to keep myself in play. <laughs> and That's then um, yeah. And then just the first practice round we played, Chase was like, Yeah, no, we're not gonna be short. So then I played it longer. And longer was just as bad <laughs> because then you're playing from the rough to a downhill green. You're probably going to run off the green. So just on that whole, uh, on the second shot, especially just to have the right yardage and just hopefully hit the green and two putt and get out of there, keep it below the hole as well. Yeah. There's some tough pin placements on 18. So. You know how, when, when you played it, and I think even when I played it as a, as a, in the, in the USAM, they were Poana greens, but they're yeah. bent now with a little bit of Poana. They're not all Poana. Um, and then one of the guys was saying that they, that they softened up 18 a little bit and some of the other greens just a little bit, I think seven, the drivable par four, they softened that one just a little bit. Cause I, I was telling Gerlene about some of the horror stories when I got beat at the USAM and, and, uh, it was, uh, she, she was making me relive, relive those moments a little bit too much. And, uh, I was, uh, we were, t we were talking about 18 and, and it, and it didn't seem to be as quite as, as severe as, as I remember it. And I think one of the caddies was saying that they did soften it up a few years back to make it not, you know, the Payne Stewart issue. And then there were some other, some other issues at, at Olympic on 18 where balls were rolling off the green. Um, one of the things that I think is so interesting about this golf course is, you know, you talked about it, G, and, and, and Hal, about how you have to work it into certain holes. And so, you know, like four is this big dog leg left where the, the, the fairway slopes so hard left to right, but then the wind will be blowing off the left. So if you hit a, a straight shot in the middle of the fairway, it's almost guaranteed to roll into the rough. And so now you got 175, 180 to a, a crazy uphill approach shot and you can't, you can't hold the green. Like it's almost impossible. This was one of the first course I'd ever played that forced movement. The other thing, Hal, and I want to get your take on this, this golf course kind of has an old soul feel to it. What I mean by that is like, you have to use the ground a lot here. Like there's so many times where like, Hey, land it in the front edge of the green and, and let it release to the hole. It's not a, a point and shoot type golf course. It's uh, it's more of a work it to here and, and hope for the best type golf course. Um, it, it's a, you, it's a, it's an American feel of a golf course that kind of has a European kind of style to it. It's, it's, it's very, very interesting. Talk, talk a little bit how about, you know, having to use the ground and, you know, just kind of how that's a, that's a dying breed now. Well, we haven't spent a lot of time in America playing that sort of game. Uh, you know, we played, it's all in the air as far as America is concerned. And, uh, you know, that's why the European players, when we get on golf courses that require us to use the ground, they've got the advantage because, you know, in Scotland and England and places over there like that, uh, they're using the ground to maneuver. You hit it over here to get the ball to go over here. Yeah. And in America, it's, you know, shoot right at the flag. And, you know, I, to me, the person that wins this week, Girlene, pay attention here, has got to have a, a, a broad imagination. You got to look at all possibilities. And, you know, that was what Seve Ballesteros was the greatest at. He saw everything that was possible. You know, what happens is a lot of times 
Girling, you look to make your shot work instead of how do I make this shot work? And, you know, we want to go to what we know how to do. And an old soul golf course like the Olympic Club asks you to be a little bit more uh, than you normally are. And you may even find some new things out about yourself this week. So be open to that. What do you say? Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, what else? The other hole that sticks out to me was um, six uh, when we both were like, yeah, I mean, front of the green, bump it up there. Like, it's just a great shot because long is not good. And I totally agree that, you know, I need to, like you, like we discussed, Ch- Chase and I, like, have to be creative, have to have every shot we can think of in the bag and, um, you know, not not be limited to what I'm used to. And that's why I'm really excited to play out here and, you know, get more creative and also watch other people see what they do as well. So, Well, for everybody listening out there, one of the great things about you, Girlie, is what a fierce competitor you are. I mean, you want to win at all costs. And, uh, you know, you don't care if you have to stand on your head to do it. You want to do it. And, you know, I admire that about you. And I think this fits into your game because you're open to what do I need to do in order to win? You're thinking about winning, not just participating. And, you know, I I wanted to add that because everybody listening, they don't know that about you. Chase and I know that about you, but everybody else doesn't. And I, from the first day I met you, I could see that in you. So Thank you. <laughs> Girlene, how, how do you feel like you've developed that over the years? Was it, I mean, knowing, knowing your, your dad, knowing your sister, knowing your mom, I mean, some of it was, you, you know, you were, you were born a, a little bit more tenacious than some, some of the other, <laughs> other people we work with, but how do you feel like that's developed over the years? I think, uh, especially when I was younger, I mean, my dad didn't push me to play. He was always like, you know, it's hard. Like, you don't want to play like golf is hard. Like it's going to be tough. And I was like, no, like, I like it. Like I really like it. And then I think it wasn't until I was a freshman that I was really like, okay, I feel like I can play in college. I want to be professional. Like I really love this game and stuff. And then I think then once I got into college, I realized like, Hey, like I really, really enjoy, you know, playing, competing. And I've always been competitive in everything that I do, regardless whether it's golf or not. It's just something that I really enjoy. And um, yeah, I mean, I also, it's not just my competitive. I think I just have passion also. Um, And I try to, you know, make every day a better day, and especially in everything that I do and try and strive, you know, like to not just do aimless or mindless practice and make sure like, you know, you learn from yesterday and try to be better for tomorrow. And, um, you know, I'll learn a lot of things from this golf course that I'll never learn anywhere else, um, which is so great. I feel like I'm playing out here, you know, in Texas, you kind of play the same golf courses, uh, rolling Bermuda, uh, Bermuda greens. And um, it's different to come out here and play the ryegrass, the bent greens, the poana and everything. So um, I'm just excited to play and um, compete really how you know or or grilling too like we talk a lot about 
one shot at a time and the, and the mindset it takes to play great golf. And, and I feel like not only a U.S. Open exemplifies that to the, to the nth degree, but I also think that, you know, this golf course specifically, you have to completely plot your way around this track. You've got to hit it here and then you've got to hit it here and then you've got to hit it here. Um, you know, how do you think that all U.S. Open venues are, are like this? Do you think that, that the U.S. Open itself exemplifies this, this whole thing of like, if you don't stay in the present, if you don't stay committed to what you're trying to do, the, the line is so thin from failure to success that it will, it will completely eat you up and spit you out? Well, I think the USGA has been known for uh, enforcing that with setup and, of course, the venues that they choose. And, uh, you know, you have to play one shot at a time. I'll give you a, an example. Uh, when I was Shinnecock is much the same way. You got to use the ground to maneuver the ball. And, uh, hopefully you play an event at Shinnecock one day, girl, and you'll, you'll look forward to that. But, uh, you know, I was in the U S open at Shinnecock and now Chase mentioned a word that I want to talk about for a minute. He mentioned commitment. And, you know, I was in the lead at the time and we were on the par three on the front nine and I pulled out a six iron and I wasn't a hundred percent sure of it. And I'll never forget this. My caddy set the bag down in front between the ball and the hole. I'm in the last group with Greg Norman and here's my caddy setting the bag down between the ball and the hole. I can't hit the ball because the bag's in the way. And he walks over and looks at me. He said, now, boss, put that club back in the bag. And the next time you pull one out, believe in it. And there's a really good lesson in that. Uh, don't hit any shots this week, Girlene, that you're not committed to whatever you're fixing to try to do. Don't go into it hoping to do something. Go into it trying to make sure you have a plan and you want to execute the plan. You're great at that. But these golf courses suck us into something else sometimes. That's what the USGA is known for doing. And it's not something that they're trying to trip you up. It's just the way they set golf courses up. So one shot at a time and don't hit one uncommitted. Sounds good. Do you, any surprises this week so far? Um, besides the rough, no, I, I, the only thing that really surprised me was uh, the greens weren't as fast as I thought they were going to be. Um, and I also think that's because like they haven't gotten there. Probably they might cut and roll, double cut, double roll them when we, once we get around. Um, I also didn't realize how like steep the bunkers were. Um, like some, some of the bunkers that you step into, you can't even see the pin. Um uh, but other than that, not not many other things. Um, I when I before I came, I looked at the course online and everything, and I I knew that there were a lot of you know sweeping holes and dogleg left, dogleg right, ups and downs. So I, I felt like I was quite aware of what I was coming into. Um, the only thing was really the greens were not as um, fast as I thought, but they're still very firm. Um, I had a couple of nine irons rolling out 10 yards, 10, 15 yards. So. How did you talk about the the difference between a, a U.S. Open golf course on a Wednesday versus a Saturday afternoon versus a Sunday afternoon? Uh, it's weather dependent on how different they're going to be. 
you know, I don't think the USGA sets up to, you know, uh, make it a whole lot more difficult. I think they want a fairly consistent golf course uh, the whole way. I don't think they want it to be like this crescendo on Sunday that's so difficult. I mean, it might come to that, but it'll be more weather-related than it will be some decision that they make. Uh, you know, to me, a USGA event is, is totally uh, – Everybody there is talented. The winner is going to have control of their mind. That's just the truth. And, uh, you know, the atmosphere around there, what's the atmosphere like? It's different than any place you've ever been, probably. Yes, for sure. Um, just the, you know, everybody respects the fact that you're there. Um, everyone is super uh, polite and greets you with respect. And, um, and you know, like, you know, when, when you walk around, you know, Brooke Henderson, Siri Puck, like all of the great players, um, Aileen Kim, the girl who won last year at Champions, you know, you just feel, you know, like you're at the U.S. Open and um, everyone, I think, is ready to start also. Well, it's an honor for you to be there, you know, and and embrace it, feel it, you know, you deserve it. You You earned the right to be there. Yes, thank you. That 36-hole qualifier was a lot different than out here. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> um, G, you've had a great great season this year or had a great season this year at Baylor, had a couple wins and, and a bunch of top tens and stuff. Um, talk about how that's prepared you for this and, and, and how, you know, how your preparation has differed, you know, for, for an event like this versus just any other event. Uh, yeah, so last year we started off um, three wins um, in our fall semester, and I won the first two, and then my other teammate won the third one. And then uh, we had great momentum going into the first uh, next two events. We won five straight events in a row. We were ranked number one for the first time, I think, um, for maybe two months or something last year. Um, and then we kind of hit um, – you know, our, we, we feel like we hit our peak and then we kind of, you know, you have to come down at one point. Uh, we went to South Carolina and we played not so great there. And then we went to Arizona for two weeks to practice for, um, uh, you know, just the conditions in Arizona because Nationals is in Greyhawk uh, in Scottsdale. Um, that was a good experience getting to play more desert golf. And then um I, I played great at big 12s, was really hoping to play regionals. We got rained out. Um, and yeah, and nationals was just a great experience. Uh, we, we didn't play good the, the first day, but um, we rallied and made the cut. And, uh, you know, I tried to um, play my best on the last day. We would have a great opportunity to go in to make match play. But, you know, it's different in college because um, the resources are different. Of course, you know, I only have one golf course that I can practice on out in uh, Waco and, uh, just the, the grass is all Bermuda out here and, um, to prepare for, it's a, it's a little different to be able to prepare for this kind of event. Um, you know, I did some, I did some different preparation for this event. I tried to go out to Dallas and play, uh, different car courses there that, you know, are more bent because I knew, it would be way different out here. And um, obviously I can't get much ryegrass out in Dallas or Houston, but um, just trying to 
go out to golf courses that are have faster greens, you know, just to get used to it. And, um, just also mentally preparing for the type of shot, you know, you do work on the range and do work on the course and try to set up similar scenarios that you think might arise. Um, and also in college, like a lot of the golf courses that I've played, I've, um, like we go through, I've played before. So I know what to go into. I know what to expect. And I have my, it's also like, I have my team there and, um, we try to, you know, help each other out and I'm going to have my coaches. Um, but here it's just, you know, um, caddy, then mom and dad and sister. And, um, it's just a whole different tournament altogether. You know, you're, you're playing for yourself, not your team. And, um, and this is like the next step, you know, um, professional golf, um, tour life, what, what I hope to be after graduating next year. So, girling, you're starting to week out with the tallest caddy out there. In <laughs> but another thing, you got probably the best caddy. And, uh, you know, Chase has some qualities that are important to you. He knows your golf swing. He knows you. And he cares about you. And let me tell you, those are all the ingredients of a great caddy. I had a few of those in my lifetime. And let me tell you something, the security of having somebody on your back that cares. And you know, when they tell you something, it's coming from a great spot in their mind. It's coming from all the wisdom and knowledge that they have. And it's also coming from their heart because they care. So I wanted you to, I wanted to say that during this this podcast so I could uh, give you some confidence. You're not going out there, you know, alone, mm -hmm. you know, and we back here at the uh, Academy are going to be watching and we care deeply too. So uh, uh, with that said, have you taken any of the sites in, in San Francisco? It's one of the, the cities in the United States with a lot of personality. No, I think we're going to go um, – well, we had dinner yesterday at the Bay Bridge, um, but I think we're going to go to San Francisco, um, like uh, Golden Gate Bridge and Pier 49 tomorrow because my tea time is super early. Just been trying to practice and get the golf course in before, you know, going to see the sights. But I've been here before. I've seen everything. So, you know, trying to focus more on golf before I get back into tourist mode. <laughs> well – I didn't mean that necessarily from the tourist mode. Sometimes that helps to relax. Yes, true. So for sure. maybe take, take that in a little bit. So I will. how do you, how you know Gurleen's a good player when her motto to her caddy is show up, keep up and shut up <laughs> or, or no, wait, no, no, it's the other way. It's I've got to show up first, then I've got to shut up and then I've got to keep up. I got the order wrong. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, gee, you mentioned something that I want to, I want to, touch base on a little bit because I know our listeners followed and this is a little bit off subject but you mentioned regionals you were a part of the uh the crazy regional site that got Twitter all uh all worked up um we were talking about that a little bit last night at dinner and there were a couple of things about that story that I didn't know about so quick quick little recap there you guys were down in Baton Rouge and they you had a bunch of rain it got like 14 inches in three or four days and uh they ended up the the NCAA decided that they couldn't play, and then the, they basically went off seed. The top six teams went, and the top three or four individuals went, whatever it was. And Twitter had a had a, a big uh, a big uproar over that. Um, 
you were you guys were one of the teams that had had uh, you know were ranked high enough to get through. You'd had a great season, and you guys got in. I know you wanted to play. I know that you guys showed up to to show off that you were one of the best teams there. But you guys got in through the ranking, and there was again there was a lot of issues from that. Tell us a little bit of a firsthand uh, firsthand look or behind the scenes look at what you guys saw that week and and what what you guys experienced. Yeah. Um... So practice round uh, was perfect. Uh, no rain. It was a little windy. It was like 90 degrees. And, um, you know, I was hoping for a good week. And then we looked at the forecast and it said rain every single day. And um, my coaches, uh, they all had a coaches meeting with the NCAA. And the NCAA told everyone, look, if we don't get 54 holes in, then it's going to go down to 36. If we don't get 36 holes in, it's going to go down to 18. And if it, we don't get any holes in at all, we will go off of the seating because that is what is in the NCAA handbook. Um, and so the first day it had rained um, overnight as well. And uh, we didn't even go to the golf courses because the lightning was so bad uh, outside. And uh, we ended up getting rained out on the first day and uh, we went to top golf, you know, super relaxed, just trying to, trying to make up for the time. And then, Tuesday, um, it hadn't rained overnight um, as much as the day before, but the golf course was already in horrible shape because um, I think a, the head pro was telling my coach that the uh, Baton Rouge had gotten so much rain the three weeks before. So the golf course, I mean, during the practice round as well, there were mud balls everywhere. Um, so we got rained out on Tuesday as well. And uh, that was the beginning of you know, um, a lot of the other, uh, not in the top six teams, you know, uproar, uproar, like everyone was super upset that we, we weren't playing, but, uh, then we got to the last day and, um, we, we went, went to the golf course. It rained overnight. It hadn't started raining. Um, uh, we were in a weather delay first because of rain. Um, but not, not because it was pouring, but, but there was lightning in the area. Um, so we were supposed to tee up at 10, no, nine. And then we got delayed to 10. Uh, and then we got delayed to 11. And then we again got delayed to 12. And people were super upset. But the reason why we kept getting delayed is because um, the NCAA couldn't get the golf course in conditions to play. We were, if we were to play, we would have played a par 65 um, because there were maybe five or six holes that we had to make into par threes just because there was lakes running through the uh, the course um, in the fairway where we had to, you know, play from. Um, all the bunkers would have been lift clean and play, like not even lift clean in place. I think they would be unplayable. Like if you went in the bunker, you could just, and if you didn't see your ball, you could assume it went in there and then drop outside the bunker. Um, and I, I didn't know if it would have been playable or not. Um, you know, I had never been in that kind of situation before, but um, I definitely do feel for the seniors and the teams that didn't play, of course. Um, it was just an unfortunate circumstance. But, I mean, the top six teams can't control the weather. Like, neither can the NCAA. And um, at the end of the day, we, we played great all year. And I really do think we deserved our third seed. Um, it was just you know, there was a lot of things that went into it that, you know, you, we can't control. And I think the delivery itself was um, what, what 
made it so confusing because there were a lot of things that people didn't understand. Like we would have destroyed the golf course if we had played, um, you know, 12 teams um, trying to get 36 holes in on the last day is just not uh, applicable. And I also don't agree that 18 holes is fair for us to, you know, make it NC uh, nationals birth. Like it's, I think it should be 36 holes. Um, and if we don't get any 36 holes in, it should be based on seating. And there have been a lot of talk about also um, trying to play on Thursday, but in the NCAA handbook, it's written that we can only play Monday through Wednesday. And I think after um, what happened at Baton Rouge, there will be a lot of change. You know, I think they're going to make an, um, an adaptation to allow us to either play the practice round day or an additional day on Thursday. Um, I don't think we will be allowed to change venues um, just because, you know, um, the bid goes in for the regional site way before, you know, the years before, like you put in a bid for a regional site five, six years in advance. So there's nothing you can do to change the site, but I think um, we should definitely be allowed to play on a Sunday or Thursday instead of the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, it was, it was obviously an unfortunate situation. I wanted, I wanted to get your take on it because there was two things I didn't know and never even heard. I didn't know from you and hadn't heard online anybody talk about was the first one was in say bylaws about having to play Monday through Wednesday. Cause a lot of people said, well, why don't you just delay it to Thursday? You couldn't, it was against the rules. So it's, that's an NCAA issue. Um, the other thing that I didn't know either was that if you guys were going to play on that Wednesday, it would have been a par 65 or 66. Like I had no idea about that and that never got out. And I think, you know, somebody brought up a good point the other day and said, if this would have been a USGA, if you, this would have been the U S open that, that week or USAM, they wouldn't have played, they wouldn't have played either. So it was just kind of an unfortunate situation that I think, I, I think you had an interesting take on it because you were there. And I think it was such a hot topic that, that uh, we definitely needed to needed to to ask you about, Gurley. Ready? Yes, I am. All right. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. So, uh, yeah, y'all uh, have fun. Usually, having fun on the golf courses, making a few birdies, and not making a lot of mistakes, but. Uh, we wish you all the luck in the world, girlie, and uh, in spite of your caddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll shut up. I, I I might not keep up, but I'll shut up. That's for sure. I'll I'll, I'll be quiet. Well, Chase <laughs> caddied for me a couple of times, and I have to tell you, I had to pull things out of him at times. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, hey, what went wrong there? <laughs> like he yeah, might have had an answer. Uh, I, a funny, I think I've told this on the on the podcast, but we were, I don't know if I told you this, G, we were playing in Florida at, at Boca and how was, this was the second round that he had, he had played. He shot even or one over the first round and hit it okay, but was just a little rusty. And he turns it like two under and we get to 10 and he holds out from 110 yards on 10 for Eagle. And we're like, nice. we're three, 300 for the day, 200, three or 400 for the day three or two or three hundred for the tournament we're like 15th on the leaderboard like i'm i mean we're i'm i'm pumped he's just cruising he's done this before but i'm all fired up we get up on number number two and it's a back left pin and we had said all along don't go long on two don't go long on two and it was a little bit into the end of the wind and we pick a club and uh 
it's it's i mean he's just feeling it and i mean he flushes it right at it and right when it's in the air i go oh no that's long oh no that's long he's gonna kill me oh no that's long he's gonna kill me and it lands right on the flag goes over the green and we are dead like literally dead and it was like you idiot like the only place we can't and he was saying the same thing to himself like you idiot we can't hit it long here and we were just you know we were kind of rusty getting back into he was getting back into playing and I hadn't caddied for him at all but it was it was one of those times it was like man the only place you can't hit it and I I remember walking up that fair and I was like sorry boss that was my bad sorry boss that one that was that was my bad I was <laughs> I was trying to trying to take the heat as, as quickly as I could but um it's, well, it's just it's a team effort but let me tell you, that person holding the club has the most to do with it. So uh, it was my bad. <laughs> I should have let off of it a little bit. <laughs> you hit it too good. You, you hit it too good. Um, all right, Gerline, uh, any, any other thoughts, any other, any other things about this week that, uh, that you're looking forward to? Oh, I haven't had a burger dog. I need to have one of those. Mm. Burger dog. Yes. Awesome. I've yep. heard they're great. Okay. Uh, other than that, no, just excited to play. I feel like I've been here since last week, <laughs> so just excited. Well, and w- one thing, how I want you to want you to mention real quick that I wanted to ask: How do you keep yourself from from letting the U.S. Open wear you out? How do you how do you how do you stay? Because that's one thing. We've had two really long days. Yesterday was a really long day. Uh, Monday was a really long day. How do and and today we're only going to play nine holes, so we're trying to pace ourselves. But how do you how do you pace yourself for U.S. Open? Well, you just realize it's going to be a long week, you know, be prepared for, you know, I was always prepared for the worst, you know, and that's kind of what you have to be. You have to start the mindset of things. The weather could be bad. It could be long days. There could be delays. You could be at the golf course all day long until late. That happens a lot at U.S. Open. So, uh you just have to be prepared for it. And I think it's mindset. We talked about mindset several times on this podcast and, and several times today. And I think Gurleen's up for the challenge. And uh, I see her shaking her head, yes. And, yes. <laughs> and, and you know what? This is the first. This is something that I think needs to be said. This is the first of many U.S. Opens for you, Gurleen. This is not the only U.S. Open that you will ever play in. And so if you keep that in mind, I think you can keep things in perspective. You don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Uh, There's a lot of pressure that goes in U.S. Opens. And, you know, uh, don't put it on yourself. The world's trying to put all of it on us that they can. And, you know, you've got you've been prepared and you've been preparing yourself for a long time. And uh, first of many U.S. Opens for you. Thank you, Hal. Amen. All right, G, one last question. Um, How, if for our listeners at home that have kids um, that are getting into golf, aspiring to play golf, I feel like you and your dad and, and your 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 mom and your your sister and everything. I feel like you guys have done a really good job with um, just the everything that it takes to to try to get to this level. What's your advice for? a 13 year old girl at home or or 12 year old boy at home. That's, that's wanting to be great at golf. Yeah. Um, I'd say get a great teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. (laughs) No, seriously. I think, um, 
you know, a lot, there's only so much like a parent can do, you know, my dad was my coach up until I was 12. And, um, after that, he was like, look, like there's things that I don't know. And I have, I can't help you with. And a professional is what you need to, you know, help your swing and, um, also help your game. And, uh, even mentally, you know, um, when I was 14, 15, I started, um, looking into, uh, mental psychology and, just trying to figure out like, how do I build confidence on the golf course and how do I become a confident person as well at the same time? And um, just being able to, you know, I think also a lot of things go, you know, if it's regardless, whether it's a girl or boy, just being able to have friends and have fun, you know, when I was, what I think was missed, uh, what really helped for me was I had a sister. Um, I had a sister who played and we made it fun. And my dad also played, but you know, if you're the only kid playing, it can get boring, lonely, challenging, and just being able to find friends, you know, find a group of girls or boys that play and um, go out there and just grind and have a good time. Um, I think First Tee does a great job also of, you know, getting the same age group kids together and um, things like that. And Um, there's a lot more academies now you know access or um, things like that that you know help younger kids get with other younger kids at the same time because I think um, being with others that play golf as well is important just to keep it fun because it can get boring as well that's exactly right golf's a very lonely sport I love I love that advice Hal final thoughts oh I'm excited I I uh I'll be watching seven o'clock y'all play. That's 9 a.m. our time. Uh, We'll be watching right here at the academy. Those scores go up. So do it one shot at a time. I will. Thank you, Hal. Thank you, Chase, for all of your support and for having me on today. Well, yep. First, first student. You're you'll always be known and go on the resume. The first first student of the house, the Be the Right Club Today podcast. Well, I'm glad I could be there before it, you know, blows up. (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna blow it up right there girl gonna go out there and play great as an amateur and uh uh we we had you on talking about it thank you everybody listening at home check her out uh at girling car or core k-a-u-r uh check her out uh or check out the baylor the women's baylor golf team uh coach is it global global right? global global coach global jay does a great job with with you guys and the team and uh uh we've we've been fortunate to watch him watch him play and, and have a lot of success over these last couple of years and and as always check us out at hal sutton golf chase cooper golf uh check out the website as always if you guys have any suggestions on topics or uh any podcast stuff we're we're always listening and always want to make this as good as we can Girlene, thanks again uh, see you in a couple hours for another another practice round. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Chase. Talk to you later, Mr. Howell. Be the right club today. Yes!